Welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the fifth Sunday of Lent for the week of March 29th, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I am coming from you live in Minnesota, where we are now in shelter in place with the coronavirus, and I know it's just been a crazy, chaotic time in the world in which we're living in, and I think there's a lot of just feelings of what's next. And I know for me, it's been really interesting to try to think about and to try to contemplate planning and how that's just become almost impossible to do. You do the best that you can, but knowing that the news cycle and the stuff that's going on, any plans that you make can be out the window in a matter of a few minutes. And I think there's a beauty to that. I think there's a point where it helps remind us of God being in control and helps us remember and center ourselves to the point of that, when we think we have everything figured out, we usually don't have everything figured out. And that it's those moments that God really steps in and shows us a different way than what we're accustomed to. So before we jump into this week's podcast, we had last week's Twitter question, which was fairly loaded question. I asked, are we in the middle of a miracle? Defend your answer. And also, what are we blind to? And we had a few responses on that this week. One answer that I really enjoyed was talking about we have miracles around us every single day. It's just that we don't always acknowledge them. The miracles of the seasons, the miracles of birth, the miracle of night and day, that they become so routine that we overlook these Things and in the abilities and gifts that God gives us, the abilities of what we're able to do. So, modern surgery would be another one that's these miracles that happen day after day after day that become routine. And I had a great answer also talking about what are we blind to, and that we are often blind to the poor. And especially in this time when a lot of people I know from the area that I'm in who have been reaching out and trying to say, how can we help? What can we do? And yet you're having people delivering food to people who financially are usually not in as good of situations as many of us are. And being open and seeing that instead of turning a blind eye to it. And I I would agree with both of these. I think there's a lot of things where we miss the boat. We miss the opportunity. We just don't see it. And how often that can end up distracting and pulling us away from where Christ is wanting us to go. And I think when we look into these texts this week, there's specifically one line that I'm going to focus on this week for the science tie-in, but I think it also helps us realize what is all going on here and what is the motivation behind what Christ is doing and that we aren't Christ. We're trying to be like Christ, but we just are never going to live up to it. So let's just jump right into it. The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. Again, another week where you might want your congregation to have a seat. But you're having Mary and Martha having people come and telling Jesus that Lazarus is ill. 
Jesus stays where he is for another couple days. When he comes, he is told that Lazarus is dead, that he's been in the tomb for four days. By the time that Jesus gets there, Jesus In a way, we see the humanity of Christ, that he weeps, but he also, in a way, isn't super concerned. And it's a really interesting scene where you're seeing some of the humanitarian side of Christ come out. But he finally asks, where is he? There's people questioning around him on, you know, is this really the son of man? Is this really, what is he really going to do here? Why didn't he come earlier? He could have healed this man type of thing. And he then goes and has this healing and he cries out, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in cloth. Then Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go, which I think is a really interesting phrase there. But I think there's a couple things to even notice in this text. The first, when we have the resurrection here coming up in a few weeks for Christ, the linens are folded and left in the tomb, but here Lazarus is coming out with them. Like that he will have to go through this again where Christ, he has no need for them anymore. Also, the importance that we miss of four days that the Jewish tradition at that time is a typical three-day burial process that the spirit would leave the body after three days. So to have these things coming on, that you're breaking that, you're breaking these different ways, But I think the line that I really want to come back to in a little bit is unbind him and let him go. Because I think there is actually an interesting science correlation there that can be brought out. Really cool text, long text, but there's a lot of meat on the bones. The first reading is from Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 through 14. And this is a prophecy where the Lord is talking to Ezekiel and we get these images of these dry bones and the Lord coming and bringing life to these bones and using it as a metaphor for the people of Israel. And that thee can rise up, if you want to say, from the ashes, from the grave, as long as they are following the Lord. But I think, again, remembering this image of dry bones and then being able to bring forth the science tie-in that I'm looking at bringing in will somewhat incorporate this also. The psalm this week is Psalm 130 which is an interesting one. You have a little bit of this lamenting that's going on as we're waiting for Christ. We're wanting to hear his voice. We're trying to be attentive and looking for where Christ is going to help the tribes of Israel moving forward. There's a lot of this longing and desire for the Lord to step in. The second reading is back in Romans this week. Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 11. And this is reminding us that we have not just been given this physical body, but a spiritual body, 
of the spirit of Christ that transcends what our physical body is and that it's the spirit of Christ that dwells within us that helps us move forward that helps us be the hands and feet of who Christ is desiring us to be and not just be consumed with the human flesh but before we jump into this we have to do our shameless plug And our shameless plug this week is from Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcasts, their commentaries, their discussions, since I'm not an ordained minister, I really like using this resource for not only their Sermon Brainways podcast that has four different seminary professors, but also the commentaries and discussions from multiple other different preaching colleagues. And it gives a great perspective, and especially on difficult texts. I love using that resource to be able to get some new perspectives to help bring this podcast to you. So, if you have not checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. My second shameless plug is to check out God Friended Me on CBS. If you haven't checked that show out, I would argue it's one of the best things on television and it's worth your time trying to see how, in a modern context, how can God move and work within people, not just within yourself, but also within other people to help bring his glory forward in a modern context. If you haven't checked out God Friended Me on CBS, I'd highly recommend it. Unbind him and let him go. Coming from the end of verse 44 in the gospel text in the 11th chapter of John. A lot can be said in just those few words. Because as I was thinking about this text and trying to, how do you do a science tie-in with these texts? Unbind him is a very interesting word to be using, a word choice to be using in this spot, especially when we're looking at a man coming back to life. We've talked about in the past before in former Easter Sundays on how Jesus at three days, his body is long beyond repair, much less four days dead. There's a stench, it even says in the text, that this then means he is dead, he is decaying, there is no new life in this body. It is falling away. But yet, we have suddenly this person reappearing from the tomb, and that new life has come in, which ties in beautifully to the Romans text that it's not just a physical body, but it is the spirit of Christ living within us that gives us this life to move forward. When I heard the words unbind him, I started thinking of DNA and how our DNA is in a double helix formation and the process of how we duplicate our DNA trillions of times within our lifetime and within every cell in your body has this coding and we understand decently well how it works but In order for it to be duplicated, to be able to pass on to another cell, it has to be unbound. Unbound. And it's really interesting that that's the words that we even use for this. So we have these 
Essentially, in your DNA, it's a dual spine structure where you have a five carbon sugar molecule connected to a phosphate group, which then has four different nitrogen bases on it, which are adenine, thionine, cytosine, and guanine. And they have specific ones that they pair to to be able to make these bases that work together. And be able to have this double helix, so thinking of it as kind of two ladders twisted together, essentially to get them to work, you have one strand that goes one way and one strand that goes the other way. So to think of them as one ladder is going up and one ladder is going down. So to be able to get this to work, you have to be able to split these two DNA strands to be able to get the cells to duplicate. So to do this, we have helicase is the specific protein that goes in and cuts the DNA at the nitrogen bases, cuts them apart. And then you have RNA primase that sets the beginning of this. And there's a leading strand and a lagging strand, which we can get into in another time, which then that part allows the DNA polymers to go along to be able to attach the coding to be able to duplicate the DNA. So the RNA is essentially a single strand of the DNA that helps with the duplication process. So in order for us to live and grow and move, we literally have to be unbound at a molecular level. We have to be pulled apart in order for us to be able to grow, which then I find is really interesting when we're talking in the Ezekiel text about these dry bones, because in the marrow of those bones would be the DNA, and even within the bone there would be DNA so that you could make a human. You could take that DNA and the whole body would be able to grow if given the right conditions because it is the coding, it is the map for the whole human body. So the Lord be saying to Ezekiel that these dry bones, that there's still something there, that there still can be this great nation is entirely true genetically that we still have all the material. The code is still all here. We just have to put it in the right environment. Or in this case, we need to have the faith to continue to follow the Lord in that case. And where some of that comes from is what Paul is referencing in Romans is that it's the Spirit of God within us that is the condition to help us grow, to move forward and be like Christ as best as that we can be, understanding that we are going to fall vastly short. I did find this extremely interesting, the words of unbind him, because our bodies go through this time after time after time. We don't even have to think about it. It's just happening at a cellular level every single day. 
as we continue to replace cells and grow and change in our own world. That is through the process of your DNA with the process of RNA to help split the DNA so that you can be new. Jesus is welcoming in this change and this is kind of the final miracle in John's text before it leads to Christ going toward the crucifixion. This reminder of how we have to be broken both physically and spiritually for God to come in and continue to move us toward who he is wanting us to be. Because in the process of when helicase is splitting the DNA, that's part of the body's self-checking mechanism to make sure that there wasn't something coded incorrectly, which happens extremely rarely, but it does happen. And then it gives the body the chance to fix this. When we become the vulnerable people that Christ at times wants us to be, especially with him, when we unbind ourselves from all these different expectations we have for ourselves, all these ideas of we can do it on our own, it's in those moments that we start to realize and understand how much Christ helps fix us, helps mend the places that are weak, helps us realize when we've lost track of where we're supposed to be. He is the helicase and the one that then comes through with the RNA to be able to help reduplicate and move us forward into the person and people he wants us to be. He put the code in us. It's how well are we going to follow it. I will say this story with Lazarus is still a very difficult story. There's a lot of meat there, but there's a lot to think about. Jesus, in a way, showing that he understands the process of what he has to do to let this friend of his, we can assume, since he knows Mary and Martha, temporarily die so that the will of Christ can come in. But yet we still see emotion from Jesus. I could argue that it's the emotion of us letting go of things that we have to set aside for a while. Sometimes we don't want to and sometimes we just have to for whatever reason, for what Christ is telling us to do. And that it's not in vain that that's happening, that that's still part of something greater, and we just don't understand why we have to set that to the side for now. And we don't know if it will rise again in our lives or if it's something that we are setting aside, yet there was a problem in the DNA that now is a time to get rid of that. We have the lamenting. That can be seen in this text where Martha coming to Jesus and having the statement that could either be a question, that could be a lament, that could be just this angry statement of, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Such faith but also a statement that could be read in so many different ways and it's so hard to know on this side 
exactly how it was said. Isn't it amazing that within our own bodies, the double helix is unbound. The plans are unbound for repair and for duplication, allowing us at that moment the possibility of potential change, whether intentional or unintentional. And even as our bodies do it, part of the aging process is at the end of the duplication are telomeres. And as we go through this duplication, we slowly will lose a few telomeres off the end every time. And it's a good thing we have these long tails of it. But as we get older, there becomes less and less extra telomeres to protect the human data, the DNA, the plans that we have. It's one of the theories on how we start to see aging. But yet, without that risk, without the unbinding, we would die. The cells would grow old. The cells would no longer be able to live. Being left vulnerable and open is a hard thing for us to do. And when we think about what we're going through right now, I think a lot of us feel vulnerable and open. We feel like we aren't in control and we wonder and question, I think, even in the deepest heart of any Christian on what is going on on completely and wishing that we had the memo from God on what is going on and what the conclusion to all of this is going to be. And then that's when we have to look to like the Psalm in 130 where we're looking for the Lord. And it's still okay to lament. It's still okay to look with anticipation, but still be questioning why? And that's where we also have Paul writing in Romans that, remember, it's the spirit of Christ that it dwells within us that is the important part of all of this. And it's that spirit will guide us through these times, whether it's the simple process, in quotes, of our DNA being duplicated like it has been hundreds upon thousands upon millions of times before or a global pandemic of something to the scale the world has probably never seen. And if it has seen, it's been literally centuries. The faith to walk through this, the faith that Martha has, that when Jesus arrives, knowing that his will is God's will, will be done. Knowing that in that moment when Jesus is there, he wept for what has all gone on before this healing. And realizing that in our lives that we often have to be unbound for us to move forward. And that has to be hard for Christ to watch. It's just like a parent watching a child grow. There are times that we want to hold their hand through everything, but we can't. There's times we have to let them take the leap of faith on their own. And sometimes that's going to be hard to watch. And sometimes it's going to be extremely rewarding to watch. As we are in this season of Lent, we have to allow ourselves the reflection to be unbound, to think deep, 
and to realize, is there certain things that Helicase is it's splitting us up that need to be changed? So the Twitter question this week will be in Lent. How have you been unbound? How have you been unbound? I think a lot of us can look to, especially in the States, there's been a lot of unbinding, a lot of being pushed out of our comfort zone. And I think it's easy to look at it as a purely negative thing. But I think also is in that, with being unbound and being left vulnerable, can we also still look at it from a place of what opportunities does this open up? So not only what did you find in your being unbound, but what optimistic things did you find? I think in this time, we all have to be optimistic because I feel that that's the power and the spirit of Christ working within us. That yes, Jesus wept. Yes, there's a moment to still lament and still be fine and that's perfectly okay. But we can't purely dwell there. We can't purely just look and question and get upset and get mad. We also have to continue to look forward. And what things is this opening up for us to possibly see when we have been stripped apart before we get put back together? So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.